0: We're live and we're live there you go although for some reason the uh, widget broke so I'm going to fix it (laughs)
1: so Mm.
0: let me figure that out here
1: oops
0: I think that will do oof
1: Yeah. All right. So, the method of which we do things is obviously if you spend the most money, the person you want typed is going to get typed first. So, realistically, this is kind of like an auction where you don't get your money back if you get outbid. So, yeah. We're going to be going with Charlie Kaufman from last stream because somebody donated, I think, $10 for him or something. Um,. We're gonna start off with that one. If you want anyone typed, feel free to send a donation in because we are ready, willing, and able. So, very able.
0: Uh, How able are you, Jab?
1: Very like I mean, bending over backwards able.
0: Awesome. Cool.
1: So, do and you the want to start? Is like
0: actually back. <laughs>
1: Yeah! yeah. Uh, Get the show on the road, man. Get this show on the road! Red Pan right. ready. Who are we talking Charlie about? Charlie Kaufman.
0: Okay.
1: Here's a super chat from last episode. Um,
0: I hope I'm spelling Kaufman correctly. Give me a <laughs> second. Yep. We both have snacks at the table tonight, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course. I've got like a whole tub of chocolate. Hmm. I do like- Ooh, looks like David Mitchell's next. 20 pounds. That's pounds, right? Or is it pounds? Yeah. So after we do uh, Charlie Kaufman, we'll be going on to. Do we have any announcements before we start? Yes, we do.
0: How to Social Engineer INTJs, Season 21, Episode 12, is going to be going on Patreon Early Access tonight. And it will be Mm -hmm. released to the public later uh, during the week.
1: Yeah. I mean, Brexit now. Yeah, Brexit now. I mean, I don't even know why he made that video. It's like five seconds long, but, uh, you know, I'm just kidding. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. All right, for the record, i got to stop defaming Chase. It's not five seconds long. It's seven seconds long. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's start with this interview with Charlie Kaufman. At least I think it's an interview with him. Let's see what happens. Skipping a little
2: bit. Let's do it. I don't know whether that makes you less or more nervous, but Um, but this is your very first television experience. You can't be any more nervous. All right, right. the um, this I'm have to talk. What is it? uh, What is your attitude about movies? Tell me what your mindset is. Oh boy, that's a big question. Um, My mindset about movies. I. uh, You don't want to do what everybody else wants to do. That sounds
0: informative.
1: What. Right, and I was sensing a little bit of it, like, SI child, SI, like, SI inferior, or yeah. maybe even
0: SI, a little tricks.
1: SI, yeah, a little bit of SI. He's like, I couldn't be more uncomfortable, or something like that earlier. Yeah, I- it's
3: interesting to me, and um, and explore it in an interesting way. And I don't think about movies in general. I think about what I'm doing, and yeah. uh, so um, I guess I guess my mindset about movies is that. I think that film is, in a way, a dead medium, and
1: I think that film is, in a way, a dead medium. Sounds informative and ti at the same time. Yep. Um,
3: um, in that, it, with theater, you've got you've got accidents that can happen. You've got performances that change, but this is a recording.
0: Systematic. You got this. You got this. You
3: got this. You got this. Systematic.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: Sort of do is infuse my screenplays with enough. Information so that upon repeated viewings, you can have a different experience. Rather
1: oh, than- that's like cliche, informative. Yep. He writes his script in such a way that every time you watch the movie, you get a different experience. Yep. That's informative writing right there. Yep.
0: Subliminal. Remember, folks, uh, anything subliminal, that is what informative is. Informative equals subliminal.
1: Right. There you have it.
3: Let's keep going. Um... Alright, next. And The movie goes linearly to one thing, and at the end it tells you what the movie's about. It's sort of, I try to keep it kind of like a conversation with the audience. Um, I guess that's what I try to do. It seems oh, very it. movement.
1: Hmm. Constantly trying to push the conversation forward.
3: Yeah. Yep. Kind of initiating individual (laughs) member of the audience, hopefully.
2: You saw this in our montage, but just think about this being John Malkovich, human nature, confessions of a dangerous mind, adaptation and now eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Just Tell me how this came into being eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Just this idea for this film, which Um, is intriguing. This, the director, Michel Gondry, uh, has a friend uh,
3: named Pierre Bismuth, who is a, a conceptual artist in Paris. And he and Michel were having dinner, and Pierre had the... This- I'm stopping you right there, eh? He's
1: answering with a story. Informative. Yep.
0: And it's also <laughs> very NESI as well. And he did it in a very oh. movement-oriented
3: way.
1: Yes, Exactly.
3: This idea that he wanted to send out cards to people that said you've been erased from someone's memory, and then he wanted to sort of like gauge the reaction. It was kind of it was an art piece. And Michelle asked him if he could take that idea and do something with it. And Michelle came to me and we immediately saw the potential for a movie about a relationship. We immediately
0: saw a potential but a movie about a relationship. That's an abstract statement talking about potentials.
3: Right. What if we came up with the story, and we went around and pitched it to different studios, and we sold it. And then I wrote it.
2: You sold it immediately? I mean, was it pretty much it, first takers? We sold it pretty quickly. I, I was expecting
3: not to. Um, my agent told me that this, you know, this is really commercial, and my agent was was my drooling. Agent
1: told me his SI statement.
3: So, what do you think this guy's an ENTP?
0: Yeah, it's looking like it.
1: Yeah. Definitely looking
0: like it. Let's keep going, though. I want to. I want to see a little bit more pragmatic, a little bit more Ti.
1: All right, this right, we're typing Charlie Kaufman, and I think I might skip a little bit further into the video so we can get something different in terms of what he's talking about.
2: All right. I've got to get back to this because I want okay. to make sure we do justice to your movie. The first scene is where Joel, Jim Carrey, and Clementine, Kate, Winslet, meet on the train as they return from Montauk. Set it up. Anything else we ought to say about this? Um, I don't want to say anything because I want the audience. The way this the way
3: this movie is structured, and and, and what Michelle and I were trying is to do the is, the is structured, structured,
1: systematic. Right, exactly, systematic.
3: <laughs> where the character of Joel is at every point. Right. So the audience, Joel only audience only knows what Joel knows. So roll tape. Here it is.
4: <laughs> I have some stuff that uh, I probably should
5: oh
3: i'm writing i'm sorry okay no no oh Oh, yeah shit. sorry my bad. logic and structure and um i i as soon as i started to try to write this the pitch was very easy it was a five minute pitch and it seemed like it would be just simple to write and then there's a there's a um reverse chronology that's going on in this movie and there's also the the problem that the main character is having each memory all
0: the different possibilities of the movie that's abstract Mm -hmm. Keeps sharing his
3: specific ideas. It's not very Great. general at all. Mm-hmm. Continuity for the character and also for the audience um, was was a was a big for issue audience, for me. He
0: keeps talking about the uh, audience. That's fe. Mm-hmm. And then he keeps initiating new ideas mid sentence. That's initiating.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: All right. That was I had to work out those logic problems, and then skip there was a little three, bit further. Most- I had to work out those logic problems.
0: That is an S I N E T I F E statement. Solving a problem with T I, uh, stating what he had to do instead of what he wanted to do. That's an S I statement.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Who know you mm-hmm. and saw Nick Cage mm-hmm. would say, "Slam dunk, home run. He got it."
3: Well, I I I'd have to ask you that question now that you've met me. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, yeah. then he's got me. I mean, there's a scene. No, but you have you've got lots of people who know you. I mean, you people know. people. There's this there's a one there's one scene when he's talking to Tilda Swinton in the restaurant right in the movie right, where right, people right, say right. he's doing you and um. I can't you know, say how that. he
2: do you. What,
3: well, I mean, I'll do me, and then his, that's how he <laughs> does me. You know, he does a lot of this. And, um, <laughs> yes. So tell
6: that's me your thought.
1: hmm
3: Well, anyway, we got
0: enough data. Charlie Kaufman is an ENTP. So, and how do we know, folks? Well, we just know because he's in these function stack N-E-S-I-F-E-T-I, which equals he's automatically in the SFJ NTP quadra right here, this quadra right here, automatically in that quadra. And uh, inform initiating movement means he's a starter type, so he's automatically ESFJ, ESFP, ENTP or ENFP and then obviously from a temperament standpoint he's systematic and abstract which means he's automatically an NT type so NT type that is starter is equal to ENTP and it matches up with cognitive functions and quadras ergo he is an ENTP what's next Mr. Jab
1: all right next is David Mitchell I've actually got some videos already prepared
0: is that, is that Noctales one
1: is that Noctales? yes
0: awesome and what's the name of the person again?
1: Uh, David Mitchell.
0: Okay, David Mitchell. Got it.
7: Who the hell uh, is David Mitchell? What? <laughs>
4: All
1: right, let's skip a little bit in, where he's talking.
7: Quick glass for an aftershock. Oh. Well, if you want a pint of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna get messy. Yeah. yeah, and there's Bombay mix there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I know you've got your beard. I- <laughs> Yes, An nice statement talking about what's
0: obvious and physical. in physical reality seems informative.
1: Uh, but the guy who sounds a bit flamboyant is the interviewer. Oh, okay, fair enough.
6: Yeah, well, no, some
7: people might not want Bombay mixers uh, because it might, you know, get stuck, stuck in their beard. beard. I know.
1: Yeah,
7: it's Wait. unfortunately having a beard renders all eating disgusting. So that's him. I mean, I think for it means there's always
6: a snack. Oh, oh um,
7: genuinely I don't know if you've read the twits by Roald Dahl yet, yeah. <laughs> but there's a there's a very moving piece in that about the things that can remain for months or years in a man's beard. Oh um, and then he can snack on at <laughs> future occasions. And I'm afraid to say it's very true.
1: Is that SI humor right there?
0: I'm still I. trying to figure out who's who in that discussion.
1: Okay, so the guy who sounds a little bit flamboyant, maybe Slightly uh, homosexual is the interviewer, and then the guy who sounds like he's a little child and has no voice is the guy being interviewed.
0: Okay. Is he, like, behind the scenes almost?
7: I'm not sure. Yeah! There's no no health and safety on that. No best before date on something that's congealed in your beard weeks ago. Oh, (laughs) that's disgusting. I mean, you are like the Lady Gaga. Of the comedy world you're always changing your image aren't you <laughs> what made you think of the beard why I... do you keep people guessing <laughs> well, you know, I, as, as you rightly say i'm i'm a chameleon <laughs> um, uh I, I don't know i just thought you know my it's something <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't tried mine yet no. i'll give it a go there we go here we go it's gonna be fine here we are <laughs> <laughs> See, we can't do it yeah. I can't sip it. Can a beard reject
2: Aftershock? <laughs> oh
1: my god! Right, let's try and get some better interview because they're not talking much, are they?
2: No. <laughs> it
7: starts being a sitcom <laughs> and it starts being a drama or, or worse, <laughs> a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what's your relationship with Robert Webb now then? Well, we're um, we're doing we. We've just, we filmed a comedy drama for BBC Two, which, um, about diplomats. I thought Um, he dumped you for that meerkat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you're doing this new sitcom with him. Yeah, it's it's a comedy drama. Comedy drama, So they're they're sort of uh, hour long episodes rather than half hours, and uh, we play diplomats. I play a British ambassador to a made up country uh, in Asia called Tazbekistan, uh, and Rob is the deputy ambassador. Definitely movement, for sure. Mm Is her starring in it too? Yes, she plays my wife. You did all right, didn't you? Yeah.
1: (laughs) He does seem a bit behind the scenes as well. Kind
7: of responding. Yeah. (laughs) You filmed it in Turkey. We did. We filmed it partly in London and partly in Turkey. We had a a very nice time. Um, Did you go to Dalaman? Do you know Dalaman? No. Oh, that's where Heather Trot fell in love it. He does sound a bit direct. We filmed yeah, it in he was direct.
0: Yeah. Filmed in Turkey. That was a direct response.
1: Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful
0: place. Thinking is right. a, a I wanna say he's N-I-S-E, but a direct responding movement finisher. Mm. Which would make him an ISTP or an INTJ by default.
8: Yeah.
1: I'd say there's also the possibility of INFJ. I haven't seen him be, you know, affiliative or pragmatic.
7: Oh, yeah, there's a chance for INFJ as well. We're actually mainly in a city called Bursa, which is the main uh, car manufacturing center in Turkey. (laughs) So it wasn't wasn't the most picturesque part of of Turkey. But it was actually pretty picturesque, nevertheless. Now, this Sunday, you're hosting a funny chat. Downton Abbey. Yes,
5: That's, yes, I, I
1: like that. Right, that sounds like a crap interview. What's going on next? The Apple Store, Regent Street in London.
7: Loads of famous
9: people's celebrity memoirs, autobiographies, every year now. So it's a, it's a kind of... Autumn comes around
5: mm. um, and they're all
9: there. Dozens <laughs> yeah. of them. Was this a kind of book that you had in mind yourself that you thought, I want to write this about my life and like, walk around and all the different things you've got, elements you've got in it, or did it, was it put to you by an agent and a publisher?
10: How did it come about?
7: Um, it was... so that's him well i started i'd never written any sort of prose before before i started doing this uh i initially did a sports column in the guardian and then i do a column in the observer and i was slightly surprised to Hmm. find out that i actually liked that sort of writing The, the only previously the sort of writing i'd done other than essays at school had been sketches Written mm. l- largely with Robert Webb or with other people, where you sort of sit at a computer but with someone else there. Seems and oh wow, little... it seems kind of INFJ-ish a little bit there. Yeah, yeah.
0: i was leaning.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: yeah. I'm leaning in that direction.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: To make is, you it's a little, it's a little hard with his the cadence of his uh, of his uh, accent. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I'm waiting for. Uh
0: definitely movement definitely responding and definitely your direct like we have finisher locked in just uh I'm surprised
1: kana hasn't chimed in yet
0: i know where's kana where is kana
1: <laughs> uh i n f j detector
7: yeah going to do let's keep going the pub or watch television. and um so i was i was surprised to find i quite like this process and um and, and then i was surprised i liked this said every infj ever with their fi credit. <laughs> my goodness
1: uh i was surprised i liked it
7: and yeah. he said in, in writing something yeah. about yourself and i and i said well i don't know really whether i want to cuz i think a my life is quite boring and b i'm quite di- quite uh, repressed and so maybe i you know m-
0: maybe no.
5: i shouldn't but uh,
0: maybe, maybe i I'm could repressed. put maybe like it's a filiative statement
5: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And all those maybes is also an abstract statement.
1: Well, and earlier before somebody asked him, "Would you want to do this?" and he said, "I don't know if I would want to do that." And that seems a little, you know, and nise. Yeah,
7: yeah. It it's like banging on about my attitude to the world. I don't like to talk about actually myself. They don't it's- like that. They don't like to talk about myself. It's feti.
0: Oh, and that's but an affiliative statement.
7: Myself and yeah. have me pointing at other people and. Saying what's wrong with them. Yes. What's wrong with them? It's um, affiliative as well. It's also we TIFE. Right. Yeah. Um, but it turned out I'm a lot more interested in myself than I thought. Yeah. A lot and more so interested
0: a lot in myself than I thought, and which is if I critic and I hero interest-based statement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And saying what's
7: wrong with them, and what's wrong with the world, and what annoys
0: me. What's wrong with them? What annoys me? That's affiliate.
7: Doing unless and I. And it's an
0: abstract statement as well.
7: Uh, Aim clean about the point of view from which that's written. Okay, point of view from
0: which that's written that is an abstract statement it's
1: also interest-based mm-hmm. um do we need any more of this guy i think we got him a little bit more so tootsie
0: astrid in the audience uh, saying quote the self-confliction sounded so much like an infp to me actually uh infjs have way more self-confliction than infps do uh, that's due to their fi critic and if mm-hmm. I credit, causes INFJs to walk around feeling worthless most of the time or useless. And they're trying to make themselves be the most useful person in the world. And that's the state or the source of their confliction, etc. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jab, I'm going to have to call it David Mitchell's an INFJ. Good call on that one.
1: Yeah. Sorry, earlier. Good call. Yeah. Um, what's, what's next? next? Uh, Jack White.
0: Guys, don't forget, uh, with your uh, super chats, if someone outbids you, then you're outbid. So be be aware of that. And be aware that towards the end of the show. Uh, if you're putting in a late super chat uh, and you get outbid, well, we may not get to it, just so you guys
1: know. OK. Here we go. Jimmy Fallon.
8: City loves North Jack City. White, come on,
11: buddy, great, t- great to see you, congrats on the record. How cool that- I-, I am right, that is your eyes, correct?
0: Who's next?
1: Yeah, if you- oh, you can't hear it? Yeah. Who?
0: who's talking, who, and then who, who what's the name of the person? Uh,
1: Jack White, and he's being interviewed by Jimmy Fallon here. You should know what Jimmy Fallon sounds like.
0: Yeah. Alright, Jack White, let's do it.
2: girl's oh yeah that's me. you and to do that now it's just
11: a Aha. beautiful beautiful model so see genius buddy uh hey uh congrats snl it's your third time it is on yeah set. you were there on the first with me on the first one i would absolutely yes. oh, man.
1: Back, back in the wow is that a bit of an si statement oh never mind that might have been an si statement from jimmy fallon
12: 80s exactly
5: <laughs> me, me and eddie murphy absolutely yeah, yeah. great cast are you doing any sketches
11: you know, I asked. I, I sent over to Mulaney because I heard that he was an altar boy when he was a kid, too, just like me. I said, you know, we should. you should write a sketch where we're both altar boys. Um, oh, I, altar I don't boy know too. if he has or not. You were That's an altar SC boy, too.
0: and I saying, you should, yeah. you should write a sketch. That's an S.E. statement. Mm-hmm. I was right. really into it. Were you I'm supposed to do the secret hand? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, keep going yeah exactly. <laughs> well, i mean
11: uh i love that i got it i got it. i think that was uh i think we had bill maher on the show and he was saying maybe that was my first experience of performing on stage as being an altar boy yes because no you probably know, know. nothing's funnier when you're not supposed to be laughing oh, inter- during oh, mass so no I, you, like, me, imagine dude me oh, i was man. giggling <laughs> i mean i was laughing before we even got out i was like oh we did it we dude. did a joke one time me and this other altar boy, boy we were laughing so hard he went up to get the host <laughs> you know uh body of christ he put on his tongue he went (laughs) the priest was not happy with that we had one where i think it was a funeral this is a bad story but everyone's crying so long and the priestess looked over (laughs) friends is one of my favorite songs Um, that you've written it's now a children's book and uh i think Um, it's brilliant uh, blake ever thought me and you would be children's book writers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty crazy right? you yeah, right, think about yeah, it, right? Exactly. Once, we, were, we were young and edgy I am, I'm already getting a new one. It's called, Anybody Can Be President.
5: <laughs> <laughs> to acquire, uh, Oh yeah, you know the don't. children
11: li- don't lie about stuff, so they'll, <laughs> and, and I like to trick them, too. I'll say something like, yeah, I don't think I'm putting this one on the album. <laughs> no, Dad, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you have to put this song on the album. That's the best one on it, yeah. <laughs> How old are they now? They're 25.
5: Wow. So wow. They're 25. They,
11: they look, they look smaller they backstage. Small they they look age? small for their age. Yeah, no, they're ten and eleven now. Uh, You're, are you touring now, or are you? I am. just, I've never
0: been in the band. Mm,
1: I really like that interview.
0: I don't what like that did. interview either. Let's get a different
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm already on the next one. I'm way ahead of you. Triple movement. I think this is
11: foolish or something. Well, we we're trying to be childish on purpose. So I think we're just sort of kicking around at the beginning then
5: kicking around and you're yeah. in detroit yeah and you had been an upholsterer yes and you take upholstering very seriously oh, yeah. i apologize because you offered to upholster the chair for the conan show this show that offer still stands and i didn't take you seriously i didn't <laughs> I, I thought you were kidding no i mean it and I mean, then it later on mean- it.
0: yeah that offer still stands that's direct t-i-f-e s-e-n-i mm-hmm. looks like stp nfj quadra With direct, Mm -hmm.
5: interesting. Find out you were serious. I'll do it. I'll still do it. All right. Let's do a. We can do a whole new chair. All right. Upholster my chair for me. Or we can do a whole new chair. I'll still do it. Nise.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, what about upholstering has helped you in your musical career?
11: The most important part about it was it was a moment when I was a an apprentice upholsterer. How old were you at the time? I was about fifteen, I think. 15 or 16, and there was a, it was a mid-century modern couch, sort of like a Vladimir Kagan piece, I think. I know I had pink fabric with silver threads in it, and I it was tempted in the back. It was three staples in the back,
0: just to keep it in place while they were- That's uh, extra sensing, remembering a physical action nice. in that way, it's it. also concrete.
1: Right. right.
0: Cleaning up, sweeping
11: up, and then I went working on it, and I just kept staring at it. That's the minimum amount of staples to hold that
0: piece of fabric down. It's an statement talking about
1: minimum amount of stables. Yeah, like the minimum amount of physical strength required to hold the fabric in place. Absolutely, I
11: see. You know, what would be the minimum? You couldn't do it with two. You couldn't do it on the ends. The middle would be right. No, I just thought in my brain, this is the middle. A table can only, it can have three legs and still stand, but two, it'll fall. So that sort of image has been burned into my brain. I think about that probably once a week, that image of that those three staples and it's affected everything i I force myself to do anything that i create artistically and music wise whatever it is i I force it through the funnel of that idea you know and um funnel that idea
0: ti statement Mm
1: -hmm.
11: three lines or three concepts in a song or i wrap it around storytelling and melody and rhythm the white stripes the whole band was based on concrete it's really about
0: it's about simplicity and not it's almost like uh
1: skip a little ahead
0: I'm still seeing direct jab like all the way through.
1: Yeah. I see him being
0: Anything informative here at all.
1: Yeah. I would agree. They're in
11: control.
5: They the have, but control. they don't know that they have yeah. no idea that you're getting mm-hmm. anything. I from hand out them. pamphlets before every show. I've I've gotten those pamphlets. <laughs> please, Dude, please enjoy no, me. Man, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's really the saddest pamphlet <laughs> I've ever read before a, a, a rock show. Um,
11: but I'll I tell you what I was reading the Steve Martin biography, the autobiography and, uh, and I think in the forward, he says, the, on stage when I was a stand-up comedian, there was no time for enjoyment. There's no time to enjoy myself. I'm too busy thinking about the next move. And I think that's exactly how I feel all the time. I never on stage sit and I'm like, yes, this is great. And I feel the whole song for the whole time. I'm loving this. And uh, the minute like mm-hmm. I pass three seconds of that feeling, I... I, I just just starts to dissipate and disappear from me i have to like shake it off and push forward and move forward even if the song is fraught with mistakes or problems if i know in my brain i'm pushing forward and not sitting there laughing and having a blast i know i'm getting somewhere somehow somewhere
5: well there's a you know
0: that was a very movement talking about his process of getting through it's the same process every single time
1: that's also systematic Mm.
0: Yeah, you could make that argument, but I'm not entirely sure. He seems, Uh, I don't know, direct from movement, concrete. He seems very ISTP ish. Does he look ISTP ish with how he's explaining things? Kind of seems like a.
1: He looks INFJ ish. He looks like a. He looks like like Edward Scissorhands. Edward
0: Scissorhands. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's skip a little bit further in. It's
5: real. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, there are, everyone's trying to get back to what they think is the real roots music. What music, what music is your favorite music? What type, what genre, what kind of, you know, what? it's funny. Cause I, What's I always imagine that
0: music, that's a TIFE statement.
5: Mm-hmm. Rockabilly, yeah, I rock, yeah. Rockabilly was what grabbed me completely. I don't come from a musical family at hmm. all and i wasn't a particularly uh i was really interested in music but resisted anyone trying to teach me anything and then yeah. i was in college and i'm going to this ivy league college and i'm um and i'm it hit me i uh sun session elvis presley got re-released yeah. which and then i started listening to jerry lee lewis i got the the poster in my room in college was Jerry Lee Lewis on the flatbed from High School Confidential. Let's skip this, who's uh, talking? In the
11: good world. Yeah, the was
0: you know, talking.
11: How much yeah. you, your friends and family see of how much that affects you? What people thought of that? What people thought of that? And how it, all you can do is to let it push you forward and just take everything like even keel. Like that was bad. That was good. That was, bad, that was good. Well, okay. Was so bad. here's the trap. That's a pragmatic statement it's mm-hmm. not
0: really about the people so much it's not really affiliative it's just okay it's what we're doing essentially
5: had a lot of critical a client yeah you are yeah, at times uh, yeah. well i would say fairly consistently you know i mean you probably can search out the negative because that's the but from my point of view you more than most everybody i know in in your field has had a lot of musical has a lot of has had a great deal of critical acclaim and then the danger becomes i like it yeah
11: yeah. i like
5: people liking me and we've all been there it's it's really nice to be liked and then when you do something that isn't so popular it's been
11: Know what what's happening, and they're they're completely involved. And they
0: responding. They, Just how he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of mm-hmm. see that. Kind of made him a little uncomfortable, a little bit. Like a low FE, you know, talking yeah. about other people liking him. This is an mm-hmm. FTI statement. So uh, SF STP NFJ. Um, let's keep going a little bit. But he uh, he asked a concrete question earlier. You know, okay, well, what's your favorite genre? You know, that like, what is for you, basically. It's still mm-hmm. concrete. I haven't seen any abstraction at all in this conversation. Uh, so
11: TV show now making this live mm-hmm. record. So um, this is all just from the place I wanted to get my gear. So it was like letting things naturally happen, you know.
5: This feels like I wanted naturally
0: happen, and yeah, that's and what I wanted. It's NISE. So
5: the story of your whole process, because to go way back to. The caveman days. The caveman days, when you discovered fire, <laughs> with your friend, Og, no, good, good guy. Yeah, good, really good guy. Really pity that you had to crush his skull with a handmade stone tool. No, what-, what um,
0: That's oh. very, as he and I, that's also very pragmatic, saying that that's what the uh, interviewee actually did previously. So, mm. uh, yeah. They, they lose really
11: the ability or the desire to push themselves over and over and over and over again and that's the really? only thing you can really do you can also you can get lucky you could have some lucky break or something and, and it catapults you to some level and then you have
1: okay this is seeming a bit abstract
11: some decisions to make up there but in the natural way of things if you if you 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 basically have moments where you can stop and say like we said about mikhail and larry Bird, like you know hey i have a life man i mean you can say that at any moment say
0: no that's hey. still so concrete like it. it... No, because he's talking about more so the past or what has occurred instead of like what will. Mm-hmm.
11: But, you know, I'm not going to spend 24 hours a day thinking about it. But, you know,
5: most like they
0: 24 hour days thinking about it's another SE statement.
5: All right. They're done. Nobody feels mm-hmm. like they're done. Uh, nobody, right. I mean, it, there's. It's like a mixture of... You never arrive. I don't think you ever arrive. You never arrive. Yeah. And also, I don't know, like I wanted to bring up I don't know, anger or sometimes people say to me, like, you seem like I can get cranky, I can get angry. And I say, yeah, I just think that's part of this spice mm-hmm. that keeps me going. Yeah. I, if I was completely contented, that would be it. But yeah, anger, one word to, responses. anger and frustration mm-hmm. seems to be necessary components. I think the minute... So, here are things that are in the violent realm of emotions
11: that they're all completely 100% bad and should be avoided at all costs. I don't think that's true at all. I mean, uh, uh, mm-hmm. that those emotions are very much relevant in, say, blues music. They're, they're very much re- uh, relevant in FTA. painting and rock and roll, punk rock, all that. I mean, those are, if they had emotions and not thought about or them in expressed
0: Anyway, uh, bottom line uh, they, is, folks, Jack White is an ISTP. There you go, yeah. S-E-N-I-F-E-T-I, which means he's S-T-P-N-F-J-Quadra, right there. Um, and then direct responding movement, he's a finisher, and then pragmatic concrete. So by process elimination, Jack White is an I-S-T-P. There you have it, folks.
1: Mm. All right, um, who are we doing next? Um, I think the person we're doing next is. So we just a Jack White, right? Yep. Brian Coxton. What a good name. Um. All right, let's get it on Joe Rogan. Let's get back to our roots. Remember our first few uh, typings were done on Joe Rogan?
4: all these stars all over the place so if you're saying flat like what, how much height and what what are you saying uh, so in terms of like the way to measure it the, the best way to think about it is not to think of three dimensions of space because then we can't picture it okay well you can think of two like this tabletop and that's all right we'll just forget the other one for now and so you know what flat is on this table I mean you could define it so you could say for example, that if I draw a triangle on the top of the table, then all the angles add up to 180 degrees. So that actually defines flat. If you did that on the surface of the Earth with a big triangle, then the angles wouldn't add up to 180 degrees. Um, or you could draw a circle and say, what's pi? So pi is the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter. That's only true on a flat surface. It's different if the surface is curved. So you can. De- so it's just not with light this no.
1: stuff just makes him seem concrete so far
4: yeah so far
1: uh, let's skip a little bit further in when they're not talking about flat earth
4: and what is true about mars it's interesting actually because we, we know something about it, quite a lot about the history of mars and it's certainly clear that there was water almost certainly oceans and rivers so and that water is almost certainly still there so I would say certainly still there. Well, they have
1: found large quantities of ice now, right? Yeah,
4: so there's certainly ice. There may even be pockets of liquid water below the surface somewhere. So uh, um, couple that with all the the minerals and the resources that we know are there. And you have everything you need.
5: So that's the thing. We
4: know we're there. That's TIFE statement. Mm -hmm. Relative to everywhere else other than the Earth. You you can't go to Venus. Mm-hmm. It melts. It's what is it, four hundred and something degrees and uh, ninety atmospheric pressure. Yeah. You know, so, so it's movement. So Mars is quite nice. Mm-hmm. That's correct. But, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't go there. I agree with you because it's not the gravity of Mars in relationship to Earth. It's um, what is it about a third? I think third. Right. Yeah. Something like that. So it would still have a, a significant like weakening effect. Like if you went to Mars and then somehow or another in the future they they were able to get back to Earth. Yeah. Your body would have a a, a real problem with that, right? It would, but there, there is there is still gravity. Maybe it's a bit more than a third. I can't quite remember, but it's something like that. But yeah, so you, it, there's still gravity. Right. So there's gravity. There's um, right. some protection from that. You'd probably want to live in the caves, actually, or something like that. Because the, 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 there's no magnetic field there. So right. it's right. quite a high radiation environment, but not too bad. It's further from the sun than we are. It's not too... There are places on Mars... There's a very deep crater called Hellas which is a big impact basin and at the bottom, the, the, it's so
0: right. That's a concrete but statement.
12: Given, mm. the, given
4: the building block, the toolkit, the laws of nature and the, the elements and so on that we have as nature,
0: here. the elements of the not- T statement. Mm. Life forms on our
4: planet. But if we found anything that's remotely similar to what we have here on earth on another planet, it would be such an incredible discovery. Like if mm. we sat, we found a frog on the moon. I mean, the, the world would stop, right? <laughs> I'd be very surprised. If right, we found of a to me. <laughs> but I mean, if we found anything anywhere. I'd be very it,
0: surprised, S-I-N-E statement. Well,
4: <laughs> right. Insect on Mars. Well, this is, I mean, it, as I say, it, it'd be micro. I think it'd be single-celled things. Remember, I mean, you mentioned the Cambrian right. explosion. So that is, the, what we do know about Earth is that although yes. life began...
0: Cambrian explosion is an E statement.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: 10 years ago. It wasn't until around 600 million years ago or so. It right, wasn't until 600
0: million years ago as a TE statement, reference point, still following the mm-hmm. system, systematic.
4: Mm-hmm. Complex multicellular organisms at all. So for something like 3 billion years, it was single-celled alone. And that's one of the reasons why I would guess, if, if I had to guess, I would say that microbes would be common. Because if i had life,
0: to guess is an sine statement
4: mars but complex life multicellular life insects plants intelligence i would guess would be very rare because it took so long on earth to I get there it's
0: very Just rare nesi
4: three billion years of slime it was <laughs> that that was it on what earth. happened <laughs> I would go as far as to say it is ruled out by experiment. Or at least it is extremely subtle, and you would have to jump through a lot of...
1: Ruled out by experiments. That's systematic, isn't it?
4: It is. A lot of hoops to come up with a theory of some stuff that we wouldn't have seen when we've observed how matter interacts that is present in our bodies... And presumably if you believe in the soul you want it to exist outside when you die you still want the thing to be there and you might believe in ghosts and things like that mm. i mean look at a ghost i mean it's a it is something that carries the imprint of you presumably it looks like you right so that means that it interacts strongly it's also with the...
0: systematic that's also nesi so he's a stj nfp who's concrete which means he's an estj or an istj he's obviously movement and direct because we know his movement Therefore, we automatically know Brian Cox is an ISTJ, based on the evidence that we have.
1: Uh, Wow. ISTJ, do we have any other Super Chats? ISTJ, awesome. All right, so do we have any more Super Chats, or I mean, you're going to have to come up with one.
0: We can come up with one.
1: Who do you want to do? Uh, Fictional, non fictional?
0: Non fictional.
1: All
0: right. Um, We can do. uh,
1: Could do PewDiePie or something.
0: You want to do Malcolm X?
1: Malcolm X! All right.
2: Minister Malcolm, when you broke with Elijah Muhammad back in March, you said it was because the black Muslims were too narrowly sectarian and inhibited, and because Elijah Muhammad had become blindly jealous of you and the personal following you had gathered.
8: That, that, I said the first part, but the last part, I didn't say that Elijah Muhammad himself had become blindly jealous. I mentioned that it was his family and the officials in Chicago. Everything That's that I same. said was designed mm-hmm. and to protect Mr. Muhammad himself primarily because the image that he had created uh, was the image that enabled his followers to remain strong in faith and things of that sort. And I didn't want to see any uh, adverse effect or negative result uh, develop um, in the faith of all of his followers. Mm-hmm. But actually, uh, despite the fact that I tried to protect the Muslim movement, if you'll notice, they uh, used their newspaper to slander me and to labeled me as a hypocrite and uh, as a rebel, and Mr. Muhammad himself said that I defected. Well, in reality, I never even left the Muslim movement. They put me out, and they put me out because of what the I knew. TI what I, I knew was told to me by Mr.
0: What mm-hmm. I knew was the TIFE
8: statement.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Mr. Muhammad's son, Wallace
8: movement. Well, uh, mm-hmm. They put me out, and they put him out. Well, now, first of all, let's find out what it is that Wallace Muhammad person was never brought forth during this uh, court session. It was uh, concluded by all of Mr. Muhammad's followers that it was a non-Muslim who was the other party. Well, we grew so rapidly that in 1957 or 58, the uh, secretarial staff was expanded to, I think, eight teenage sisters. In 1959, six of them disappeared. Two of them reappeared in Philadelphia about two or three months later, and they were all right. Uh, The other four reappeared in 1960. All four of them had babies. All four of them had uh, become involved with someone and become pregnant and had these children. So it was, uh, from what I now know, when the four of them got back to Chicago and began to compare notes, they found that the same man had told all of them the same story and had made all of them pregnant. That the same man was the father of all four of their children and had also been the father of the children brought forth by the two secretaries who preceded them. Mm -hmm. So this story was kept among these sisters until 1962. Two of them rebelled uh, against uh, the person who was responsible and began to tell the story all over the city of Chicago. It caused many of the Muslims in the Chicago mosque to leave and go back out in the street. They knew it, and uh, I knew nothing about it until 1963, when um, Mr. Muhammad's son, who had been in prison, uh, came out and he was a, he had been a minister and he was very religious and spiritual, and when he began to hear these rumors around Chicago, he went to one of the sisters and the sister admitted to him that the rumor was true, and uh, it was he who first told me about it, and when he told me about it, I took I wrote to Mister Muhammad. I
1: mean, he's super initiate, super yeah. movement. Yeah, like initiating new point, initiating new point, initiating new point It's just like whoa.
8: Yeah, told him about it. Two of them. Let's see if we can get a different
0: story. Constantly informing. Yeah, one different story. All right.
8: Los Angeles. Again, Elijah Muhammad gave no signal to anybody to come to the defense of those brothers. Never have the Muslims anywhere in the country gotten any kind of instruction from the national office or headquarters on how to defend themselves when they are attacked by outsiders. The only times the Muslims have ever been given any instructions to commit violence is when is when that violence is directed against a fellow muslim his followers are violent against negroes against negroes yes, his 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 followers will go out and attack another negro like they will attack me or they will or they will uh, brutalize a fellow muslim who breaks the law but you don't find those same followers going out and becoming involved in the negro struggle in any way whatso- in whatsoever
0: in an interview like- with a different topic
8: yeah.
1: Malcolm X on liberals.
8: Toward Negroes. A fox acts, acts friendly toward the lamb. And usually the fox is the one who ends up with the lamb chop on his plate. Mm-hmm. The wolf doesn't act friendly. And therefore That's the systematic. wolf has more difficulty. Right. In getting the lamb chopped in his plate. I'd like to point out, though, that I I, I say that because it is usually the, if you study the structure of the Negro community, economically, politically, civically, psychologically, and otherwise, it's controlled by the white liberal, who usually poses as the friend of the Negro, who actually differs from the white conservative in in the same way that the fox differs from the wolf. It would be great if Bill
0: Clinton was present for this interview.
1: Really? (laughs)
8: same. Their motives are the same. It's only their mannerisms and, and methods that differ. I would agree that um, no doubt there have been a large number of, of whites who have posed
3: as liberals and as friends of the Negro and who have time and again betrayed the Negro. Uh, on the other hand, I think one could point to a large number of whites
10: uh, who have struggled for civil rights Give me for me an equality example. and have got other little... Or,
0: that was initiating. Uh, other than... Movement.
8: Quite a few bruises. Give me an example. Well, the, the large number of, of white uh, students who have gone into the South, for example, working for SNCC, another organization. Not working for That's SNCC. Or, uh,
0: because he didn't exactly cite his source on that. Uh, ...political
8: right. machines who benefit by the voting uh, efforts of Negro. Okay. I'll be more specific. Uh, I would cite Herbert Hill, for example, as, an, as, <laughs> as a kind of person who has uh, championed Negro job rights, for example, uh, in New York City and elsewhere, he has fought this the political uh, the- champion Effie. Yeah. FE. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, personally, was when they were picketing to stop the working on the uh, Harlem Hospital in Harlem. Negroes for ten years had to fight the city to get. Uh, an annex built on the Harlem Hospital, because in Harlem we need a hospital more so than anything else. Our people are sick, plus we do a lot of cutting and shooting of each other, though we profess to be nonviolent. And uh, Herbert Hill brought his forces out and stopped the working on that site. Uh, this is the first time I ever saw it. Then uh, when work was brought to a halt on a hospital in Harlem, the same Negroes tried to uh, stop the work at the Downstate uh, Medical Center in Brooklyn, which is predominantly white. They, they were out there for three months during the summer. Couldn't stop anything. And I never saw Herbert Hill out there one time. Now, whenever something, whenever it takes uh, a stoppage of something that's going to affect the white man, you find the white liberal absent. But if, when it uh, involves something that primarily will affect the best interests of black people and black people only, then that white liberal is present. Herbert Hill is the labor secretary for the NAACP. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if he was interested in black people, he would prepare a black man with the type of knowledge and understanding of the labor troubles involving black people that would enable uh, a black man to sit in the same position.
0: Get back to in
8: Malcolm the, the, the Stop
0: talking.
8: <laughs> right. I'm suspicious of whites who join Negroes and always have to be in the lead who always have to be the head, who always have to be at the top in Negro organizations. Those whites who really have the interest of blacks at heart, let them give some advice to some Negroes and stand on the sidelines. But don't join the organization and then get at the head of it and pose as a friend of Negroes. Well, I... I... Mm.
1: I mean, he... he (laughs) that entire answer did seem informative in the sense that it basically seemed like a story of you know a white person coming into a black organization and then taking it over and then pretending to be a friend of black people yeah. like it just. the, it
0: the problem different. is i'm having a hard time differentiating between affiliative and pragmatic because he's just going on these tirades and also concrete versus abstract like because he's mm-hmm. speaking a little bit of men- metaphors which i could argue is abstract but then he's also being very concrete as well I mean, he's obviously sfj ntp uh quadra for sure it's just which one is he is he and like like i can't tell is he an esfj or an entp basically mm-hmm. that's kind of I'm coming out with this doesn't see like i don't know i just need to see more you got another interview
2: um,
1: yes,
0: I want to verify it. I mean, like I've always maintained that he's an ENTP, but I want to verify it from Affiliative, Pragmatic, Concrete, Abstract. I mean, okay. it's obviously systematic. He's following systems in almost everything, single thing he says. There's always a process there, but, uh, Pragmatic, Affiliative, Concrete, Abstract, not entirely sure.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: What is your real name? Malcolm. Malcolm X. uh, Is that your legal name? As far as I'm concerned, it's my legal name. Have you been to court to establish this law? I I didn't have to go to court to be called Murphy or Jones or Smith. Excuse me for answering you this way. If a Chinese person were to say his name was Patrick Murphy, uh, you would look at him like he's insane. That's pragmatic. An Irish name. Yeah. Yeah? That's very pragmatic name or the name that uh, has a Caucasian or, or white background and a yellow person, Chinese is a yellow man and uh, he has nothing to do or no connection whatsoever with the name Murphy. And if it doesn't look proper for a person who is yellow or Chinese to be walking around named Murphy or Jones or Johnson or it's Bunch, or, uh, I think it would be just as improper for a black person or the so-called Negro in this country. As we're taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to walk around with these names and therefore he teaches us that during slavery, the same slave master who owned us uh, put his last name on us to denote that we were his property. So that when you see a Negro today, whose name Johnson, if you go back in his history, you'll find that he was once, his grandfather was, was owned by a white man who was named Johnson. His name is Bunch, his, his grandfather was owned by a white man point. that was um, named Bunch. Yeah, I'm I joking. get your point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's an ENTP. <laughs> Uh, it's obvious. Yeah, he's an ENTP. So, there well, you again,
1: go. The thing I said about informative types answering with stories. He basically just answered it with the story of how a black person... Oh, if an Asian person was named this, you wouldn't be upset. And you see the pragmatism in that as well. And then he talks about the last name in black families, how it relates to slavery, and he talks about the story of a black person being a slave. It's like, this is all informative.
0: So, like... You can look at the cadence and the activity uh, and the bodily movements of uh, Malcolm X when he gives his speeches, and then compare that to Adolf Hitler. Just saying. Uh, anyway, what's next?
1: Um, we're approaching the hour mark. By the way, we've got Anthony Jesselnick for five dollars and Jeremy Corbyn for three pounds. Anthony Jesselnich. Let's see. All right, let's try this one.
6: Well, our next next guest has no boundaries when it comes to getting a laugh. He's the dark prince of comedy. His wicked one-liners giving... Like, oh, man, this could be bad
9: for me. I was scared when he became president, but not because of me roasting him.
7: <laughs>
9: it was more like, this person should not be in charge of anything. Uh, it's going to be bad.
7: Anthony, it's pretty divisive stuff. Like, uh, you know, you get a lot of hate online. Does it ever affect you?
9: Uh, it builds me up. I li- if, if you're, as an artist, if you're not upsetting someone, then you're not doing your job right. That's, you T-I-F-E. Know, so I know. That's
0: T-I-F-E, right there. If you're not upsetting
6: someone, you're doing your job right. Right. Or you know. But, but does it, because I love to say that when people abuse my life, I love to say that I'm fine with it and I didn't want their acceptance anyway. But on a little level, yeah, there's a, there's it does a still of, A lot of, of
2: shower
9: of, cries
6: for Tommy. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of shower <laughs> cries. <Yeah. laughs> does uh, it at all get to you? I assume that I'm a
9: better comedian than you. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that is that
1: is a very safe some. Wow. shouts right. <laughs>
9: Yeah, so you're probably getting more hate than I do. But uh, I think I just think it's important to be hated by the right people. And no one, like, if someone says I like you, but that one joke um, I didn't care for, that would hurt my feelings. But if someone's like I hate you, then I would say great. Across the board,
1: right? Really?
9: I can just write you off. I'm going to be sending you some more hate mail.
1: And we asked the promoters of your show, you know, whether there was any uh, moments from the show you could bring and tell us about tonight. They said that basically nothing is appropriate for our time slot. So it's coming on a sort of family-friendly entertainment show in primetime your worst kind no of nightmare? No more Super
0: Chats, guys. No more Super Chats. Just so you guys know. Like, none. And uh, PewDiePie is going to be saved for the opening of the next episode. We're not going to be doing PewDiePie tonight.
1: So. All right.
9: Uh, this is not fun. Like, I just never know what to do or what to say. I can't really tell any of my jokes. The one joke you guys showed, uh, I think, got by the PG thing. But they they keep telling me PG, Anthony. It's PG. <laughs> I'll be fine, but I would be worried about Hanson later.
0: <laughs> so you're finding now when you do a new show, you, you turn up somewhere, there is this sort of
10: expectation about the bar you're going to hit with kind of rudeness.
9: Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean... Th- People know what they're coming to see. It's like you are going to see a horror movie. If you are going to see a romantic comedy and someone gets killed halfway through, you're really freaked out. Yeah, but if you go to see a horror film, you're mm-hmm. expecting that. So when people come to see me, they're like, how is he going to do it and surprise us? Uh, that's, uh, that's fun. I mean, I wish I could tell you what people would see here in Australia, but I, I couldn't even name the topic. <laughs>
6: to get away with it. This, is, uh, this is certainly not what my people opinion. would see in Australia, it's an S-E-N-I
9: statement. Mm-hmm.
6: Australians um, view Americans as having this. Um,
5: <laughs> I can't wait
6: character. to hear what you're going to say. <laughs> this kind of, kind of image of being arrogant and, and kind of like jerks, right? Do you think you do you think you help or hurt that image? Wait, the comedians are arrogant jerks. No, just pe- Americans in general.
9: Oh, Americans! Um, I solidify that image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
12: This is, in fact, your second trip to Australia, mm-hmm. so
9: a kangaroo killed my father when I was a child. <laughs> so I'm kind of mad the whole time here. This brings back a lot of memories, and it's, uh...
1: Okay, I don't think we're going to get much more out of that interview. Um... Yo. Yeah. What do you think so far,
0: please?
1: Huh? What do you think so far? I don't
0: know. I need more. I need more. Hmm.
1: Uh, here we go. This looks like uh Larry it's King. The same
0: movement and he's pragmatic. Oh, Larry King, that's low key. Larry Larry King
12: bores people, so maybe he'll be bored and slow down a little bit. Mm. Established himself as a comedic powerhouse, Anthony has also created and starred in his own Comedy Central series, The Jeselnik Offensive. And he's performed stand-up <laughs> on Kimmel, Conan, Fallon, and has released that's two, two critical offensive as SE and I. 2010's Shakespeare and 2013's Caligula, one of the great guys in history. And now Anthony will serve as the newly minted host for NBC's Last Comic Standing. It debuts July 26th. Roast together.
9: Yes, I sat next to you in the Donald Trump.
12: What roast. got you into doing roasts?
9: That's I got into comedy to do roasts. Roasts were the funniest thing in the world to me because you just had you could be so mean. It was like a license to be mean. And be unexpected. which is just—I think the hardest oh, way. since to, to be mean is like every SE user's dream.
0: <laughs> One I of
12: the trouble with roast, though, is I'm the dean of the Friars Club in New York, which invented roast. Yeah, is that once you do the basic joke of the guy's hair or something, <laughs> then you need others. So you got to kid other people there. Of course, yeah. You that's just the, that's keep the kidding challenge. The host, because if you go fifth. Yeah. You planned seven jokes, and they've done eight Tell Larry jokes. to be quiet.
1: Let's skip a little bit in.
12: You, uh, you've you been described as... <laughs> oh, my God, a he's still talking. An in joke for joke. Everything on the table. Everything is on the table. And In
9: fact, if I thought of a joke, if I thought of a topic that, like, this is too much, this is too dark, this is too upsetting, then I would make it my, like, life's mission to find a joke about it. That's I would correct. say if you it shouldn't be joked about, I've got at least two jokes about that. But my goal is to make you laugh at it. Like I'm trying to do a good thing. I don't want to upset anyone. I yeah. do, but because you can't, if you're performing for a hundred people, someone's going to be upset. Something but I'm trying about, to make someone laugh. Isn't at it. there
12: something about someone's time? Someone's going about, to be upset. That's problematic. Theater. Sure. Mm-hmm. I doubt that you could have done it in 1865. I would have been the first one. I would have been, because
9: the, there's a tension there. This is like really we, concrete.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: It sounds like TP-ish.
1: You reckon he's an ESTP? Actually, yeah. Now that you do say that, I do see a lot of similarities between him and someone else, like the the enthusiastic, bored voice he makes. Just so badly yeah. reminds me of a certain someone we know.
0: A certain someone, indeed.
9: Yeah. Someone laughed. Tragedy. It's the most amazing, amazing you laugh. You can't out of it. make a laugh out of nine eleven. It is almost impossible. Nine eleven, impossible. Nine eleven impossible louis had a joke maybe a week after 9-11 that's, one of, great, that's one of the greatest what jokes was his of 9-11 joke he said you can tell how bad a person you are how good a person you are by how long you wait that's it's, funny that's funny and it's, it's 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 not even really talking about 9-11 it's a way there's there are ways to do it but it's very difficult and if you miss you are going to hear about it you're gonna get in trouble yeah. i if agree you
0: miss, you're gonna hear about it you're going to get in trouble yep
1: i find That's it, it funny sense. he talks about missing when talking about masturbating right <laughs> it's like get your aim on point mate all right let's skip a little bit ahead
9: Master level, you know so and yeah. and that makes it tough
12: so you. Have, who inspired you was rickles one of your rickles of course loved rickles
9: Loved just how like mean he could be and, like watching so johnny
0: carson be, that's that's concrete he's, he's like mellowed work. down he seems control there yeah and he keeps initiating new ideas and he's still direct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we got ourselves a structure type now and uh he seemed calling him transition before to go all movement uh, with his INFJ subconscious, in the last interview, it would seem still very se. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
9: yeah, let's just keep going. No, though he would never say just joke, right? Which I loved. He was big. Stephen Wright was big for me. I love that dry, just how did you think of it one-liner. Mitch Hedberg, a guy named Jack Handy, write deep thoughts for SNL. I love that guy. Oh, exactly. they were very se. Yeah. Your stand-up is like I've never seen your stand-up. It's very dark. It's just like my roasting. It's very dark very short kind of clever jokes where you don't want to laugh at the subject but i make you i find it clever that's enough that's, that's concrete, concrete.
12: Dark. now you're going to tour with amy Hmm.
9: uh you will be on the same tour we're doing oddball fest uh this summer fest. Through fall. it's a big festival where they go to arenas so it'll be like 10 comics instead of me go doing going and doing an hour i do 20 minutes long with like a bunch that of was initiating
5: so, Alright, folks,
0: Anthony Jesselneck is an ESTP. There you go.
1: ESTP.
0: Alright, what's next?
1: There should be one more. Um There's a three pound one, Jeremy Corbyn, and then there's ten dollars on PewDiePie.
0: PewDiePie is being saved for next week.
1: All right. Jeremy Corbyn, it is. Isn't he that politician?
0: I have no idea.
1: Uh, Jeremy Corbyn interview.
6: Jeremy Corbyn, I just want to start by reading something um, out to you, words that you may be familiar with. Um, The Labour Party has been my life, but I've had to be honest, and the truth is that I've become ashamed of the Labour Party under Jeremy Corbyn. He spent his entire career supporting extremists, in some cases including terrorists and anti-Semites. These are the words of Ian Austin, who until today was a Labour MP.
10: How does that make you feel? I'm very sorry that Ian's resigned from the Labour Party, and I'm very sorry he uses language like that. He and I have known each other a very long time, We've both been in Parliament together. I'm not saying we've always agreed on Iraq War or many other issues. Are we talking
0: about Jeremy Corbyn? It's not actually Jeremy Corbyn? Is that what's going on?
1: No, that is Jeremy Corbyn.
10: Oh, he's talking. Okay. I've spent my life on human rights, on peace, and trying to bring people together. And that is how I tried to equal. Does it worry you a little bit that perhaps members of the
6: public might hear statements like that and statements that he's also made saying that I always tell the truth, I could never ask local people to make Jeremy Corbyn Prime Minister because he and John MacDonald, your Shadow Chancellor, cannot be trusted. Does it worry you at all that the public might think, this man has known Jeremy Corbyn for a long time, maybe I should
10: listen to him? Well, lots of other people have known me for even longer and would have a very different view than Ian Austin. Ian Austin was elected as a lady in 2017 on exactly the same manifesto as I was elected. For the many, that manifesto promised to do everything we could to end austerity, to redistribute power and wealth in our society, to end the grotesque inequalities that are in Britain. That is the core value of the Labour Party. And I'm sure Ian underneath it actually shares that core value.
6: Chris Williamson, close ally of yours, says that he thinks that Ian Austin, talk about him being elected under the Labour manifesto, which you stood on as well, says that he was uh, elected under
10: uh, that election under false pretenses. Do you think he's got a point? Let's move on from this. Ian was elected, I was elected, Chris was elected, all on the same manifesto. Ian has decided, sadly, to leave the Labour Party. I'm sorry. Because it's not just Mr Austin, though, is it, Mr
6: Corbyn? Because, I mean, if we just look through some of the statements, just this week. Seems affiliative.
3: Oh,
1: I he's an NFJ.
6: Uh, or an STJ. Hmm. Well, actually, it's interesting. And just on, on that point, back in 2011, you tweeted that in our electoral system, uh, you vote for an MP rather than the party or leader. So what's changed since then? You weren't calling for.
10: Well, election. you do vote for uh, an MP in your constituency, but that MP stands on a on a manifesto, which uh, we've not constantly but, talking but about. Manifesto. Very that seemed a bit
4: concrete. Yep.
10: That's, that's also concrete. concrete.
1: Systematic
0: as well. This guy's an SJ, like he's straight up an SJ.
6: Right. (laughs) 10 that you vote for an MP, then there's no need to have a election,
10: is there really? You do vote for an MP. Well, that MP puts forward a proposal, a program.
6: That that was initiating. Your your MPs, many of whom, are now saying there needs to be changes from the leadership. You know, Jess Phillips, for
10: example, still, for the moment at least, in the Labour Party. So look, you keep saying this. Hang on a minute. There's a lot of Labour MPs, and there's half a million Labour Party members. Those party members keep the party going, raise the funds, knock on doors, deliver the leaflets. They're people whose voice must be heard as well. But and you so haven't systematic. quote. You know, you know you as well as I've mm-hmm.
0: He also initiated, he cut that guy off, taking so mm-hmm. control of the conversation. That's mm-hmm. the N-E-S-I, when he's like, oh, hold on a minute... Um, Right, you know, because it's low SE. It's kind of like an SE credit, SE nemesis. You know, you can't do that.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And they all those people out as TEFI.
1: Interesting. But, but
10: they're not the only And they're saying town.
6: That, no, but they're saying that you're a threat to national security. So it's not surprising Whoa. if people listen. Uh, Joe Jess Phillips, still a Labour MP, says at the moment, if you're not in his gang, it feels as if you have no role in the party. Do you think
10: that looking back, maybe so is some of this your fault? Is any of this your fault that you could have perhaps course, behaved better? They made a rational decision to resign they from the party. They
0: made a rational
10: decision. TeFi, correct. Mm-hmm. I spend a great deal of time sure. talking to a lot of people in the party, many of whom offer me advice. Some of it's very they detailed.
0: For me, advice that's te and that's F-F-I. affiliative. Do
6: you have any
10: regrets at all? Regrets? Regrets about Let's your see, personal you. conduct? I
5: have so done
10: relationship- everything. Mm-hmm. I the can since I became leader of this party to expand the membership, to make sure we're a campaigning party, to get a community organizing unit going so we're more active and press that is yeah,
0: this is a very concrete.
1: It's like we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that. It's like ST yeah,
0: direct initiating control. Uh, oh, so he's an ESTJ. There you go. Jeremy is an ESTJ.
1: Wow, is that everyone for tonight?
0: That is everyone for tonight.
1: Woo! Uh, this is go. how we do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little low key tonight, a little uh, lacking on the energy side, but uh, doing pretty good at least. Um, So, uh, folks, don't forget uh, How to Social Engineer INTJs will be released tonight on Patreon Early Access. This lecture, the sixth golden pair, will also be released very soon as well. Um, And, uh, yeah, uh, anything else coming down the pipe, Jab, that you're aware of?
1: Mm -hmm. We might have some articles coming out soon.
0: Oh, yeah, we do have some articles coming out. And don't forget Q&A, guys, 9 o'clock Eastern uh, time uh, Thursday night as well.
1: Right, are we going to be doing a fictional typing episode again? Are we bringing that back?
0: Yes, we're going to be doing a fictional typing episode. I believe it'll probably be on Saturday, if I remember correctly. We'll we'll see how that is.
1: Are we going to tell them the theme? Huh? Are we going to tell them the theme?
8: The theme,
0: huh?
1: Yeah, there's a theme. Do you know the theme? No, I don't. Oh, so it has... Okay, well, let me just put it this way. The, ep- the fictional typing episode this Saturday will have absolutely nothing to do with a TV show that will be coming out next week.
0: Yeah, nothing to do with it.
1: Nothing whatsoever.
0: Not, not remotely. Nope. Not remotely. Anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, if there's, like, a TV show about dragons coming out next week, nothing no, to do with that.
0: nothing to do with that. Nope. Nothing. No, nothing. All right, folks. Uh, it's good to see you all. Um, I've uh, been a little bit sick, and uh, almost, uh, almost got a really bad car wreck yesterday. I was driving on uh, a road, a highway, and I hydroplaned, slipped, lost control, and then spin the car like this, and then spun it again, and then ended up on the other side of the road, uh, facing the way facing the direction of the lane that I was going in. So I was like basically opposite facing, you know, the semi-truck and I did not get in a head-on collision. I did not have any damage to myself or my vehicle at all. Basically I seriously got out of it safely somehow by some miracle. So I'm very thankful uh, that I'm still alive uh, for that. Gave me a bit of a fright. Uh, The adrenaline uh, did not come down for a little bit uh, after that, so. Kind of an interesting day yesterday. On my way home, uh, taking after taking my children uh, back to their mother's place. So, fun day. And uh, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's good to see you folks again. Uh, we'll be back Thursday night. Uh, and uh, otherwise, uh, have a good night.
1: Good night, Justin Kana.